puppet masters almost surely have a plan There's clearly maybe something there beyond the realm of man Until we've thoroughly tested every last close-chested view Find the more you think you know, the less you really do Carwood and Company Side chatters, if you ask me, the capstone cabal of the shadowy power pyramid is not a group that leaves much to chance. They've invested heavily in the de-evolution of man and the degradation of our mental faculties through their carefully crafted education system. They've suppressed free energy and electrogravitic crafts in exchange for systems built on poisonous yet profitable materials. And they stifle and control the lives of the people with their debt-based system of rule they so hawkishly perch above. Dig a bit deeper and you'll find some heavily researched claims that nearly all U.S. presidents fall from the same family tree, along with many household names in media and entertainment, forming a terrifying tapestry of bad actors, if you will. And while my cynical self is inclined to side with the age-old phrase and pattern that presidents are selected, not elected, and the game will carry on as it has, I can't completely count out the growing perspective in the conspiracy community that perhaps... Related to the network or not, Donald Trump might represent a changing of the guard, the emergence of a new network of white hat power players, and maybe even an alignment with non-terrestrial beings that all just might culminate in the eradication of long-standing child trafficking networks, the rollout of technologies derived from secret occult physics, and the removal of our yokes of oppression we've worn for so long. Again, I'm cynical, but a certain 4chan poster known as QAnon has been stirring the pot with cryptic messages since the election, weaving a narrative that aims to clarify the game behind the game, and I think it's high time we explore it and stand by our policy of no conspiracy left behind. To do this, we got one of the best breaker-downers of the Q material that the internet has to offer. His name is Jordan Sather, and he runs the popular website and YouTube channel Destroying the Illusion, or should we say Destroying the Illusion 2.0, as Jordan has also recently had YouTube make it impossible to use his channel, and he has since rebuilt a second one. Jordan is known for his methodical and action-packed whiteboard breakdowns of not only the QAnon material and this deep state battle, but also true health and wellness, as well as the history and latest rumblings of the Secret Space Program. Self-described as the guy wearing a red MAGA hat, drinking an organic smoothie, and talking about secret space programs and non-terrestrial beings, a Pandora's box of personality and politics, and an enigma of a man, a 40 thinker if there ever was one, the whiteboard king of YouTube, Jordan, my man. Welcome to the higher side. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> you got it, man. I'm really pumped for this. I've been a bit resistant to the Q material just because I've been jaded by the pattern of the past, and I'm not sure there are any good guys, and I never want to get too sucked up in the latest conspiracy fad, but I also want to remain open-minded to everything, and this Q stuff doesn't seem to be going away, and we have these curious details we've covered in previous episodes about Donald Trump's Uncle John at MIT combing over Tesla's material when he died, as well as the Sonora Aero Club drawings with the Trump name on them. 
And there are these tangential family name connections that do make me wonder. You also can't deny that the entire media wing of the big machine is full court press against the president in a way that I've never really seen. We're recording this the day after the big Space Force announcement, which is just another little thing to pile on. But let's unpack this Q stuff for the people. Where would you start this? I would start this with prefacing it by the idea of, well, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with the deep state, the cabal, the new world order, mm-hmm. right? This powerful group of families that have all consolidated power and finances to the top of the pyramid. So we don't have to reiterate that. But the idea of a white hat group or an alliance, call it that, if you will, behind the scenes working to take down this deep state in a shadow civil war. Now, this idea I heard about a few years ago, probably 2011, 2012, when I first started waking up to all this stuff. And I went very deep, very quick. And some of the ideas that I came across from the works of David Wilcock, Benjamin Fulford, and a few other people as well, is the idea of white hat groups taking down the New World Order. Now, this is back in, of course, 2011, 2012. A lot of people thought there was going to be some large mass arrest scenario in 2012. Of course, that never manifested. Right. But now here we are about five to six years later after 2012, when I first started hearing about these ideas. And then we get the election of Donald Trump. And then about a year after that, Q pops onto the scene. So Q popped onto the scene late October, early November 2017. And of course, Donald Trump got elected November 2016. So this is massive, very unexpected, per se, at least in regards to the election of Donald Trump. Everybody thought Clinton was going to win. I believe, what was it, Newsweek even made magazines saying Madame President before the election even happened. (laughs) Yep. And All the polls out there showed what 90, 95% confidence rate that she was going to win, and it didn't happen. And I'll be honest, that whole year, 2016, the mainstream media even got to me. Of course, I wasn't for Hillary Clinton. I knew she was corrupt as heck. But then even Donald Trump, I thought he was a racist bigot. I thought he was controlled opposition. I didn't pay any attention to it. And even on election night, I fell asleep. I didn't vote. I was disenfranchised with the whole system. And I fell asleep. But when I woke up that next morning after the election and saw that Trump was president, I seriously scratched my head. And I was like, this doesn't seem like it's supposed to happen. So I began piecing the dots together. And of course, we had the WikiLeaks release John Podesta's emails just a few weeks before that election. And I began combing through all this stuff. And it just started making sense to me that, well, maybe Donald Trump was actually asked to run for office or helped to be put into office by these white hat groups on the inside. And that's really the only thing that made sense to me because it's pretty obvious that the election systems are all rigged. They're all hacked. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, how did Clinton not make it if they have everything rigged for themselves? And then the only thing that made sense to me was some kind of counter operations some kind of prevention of hacking of the systems to get Donald Trump in there. And then, of course, piecing together Podesta's emails, piecing together everything that's played out in the year and a half since then. It's really the only thing that does make sense is that Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, whether he triggers you or not, 
Maybe the fact that he is triggering you is something that needs to happen. But it, it does seem that there is definitely, like you mentioned in the beginning of this show, to be a changing of the guard. Then we get into the Q thing. So let's talk about that here. So Q began posting late October, early November 2017, which is about eight months ago now. And this group known as Q began posting first on 4chan, the anonymous online posting board called 4chan. The post began, I believe, October 29th or 30th, one of those days. And I caught wind of them very soon after and started looking into it. And again, it's one of those things that just resonated. In thinking of the idea of mass arrests, back in 2012, I think many of us that were predisposed to this idea, we thought we were just going to wake up one morning the emergency broadcast system was going to be going off nationwide and we were going to see all these deep state perpetrators wheeled down Washington, D.C., Main Street in orange jumpsuits. Like this is what we were all expecting. <laughs> very childish, very foolish to expect that. And what we're seeing with Q now is a much more strategic way of taking down the deep state because what these white hat groups are doing is essentially warning us they're saying, hey, look at these connections. Q is posting a bunch of cryptic things on 4chan, now 8chan, but originally on 4chan. Anyway, anonymous online posting boards. Q is posting anonymously on the internet to get us to look at things and connect the dots that we wouldn't have normally looked at or connected so easily on our own. So it's definitely getting the public ready, and it's also getting the public passionate it's getting them off their apathetic ass because mm -hmm. so many people were you mentioned that you were cynical a lot of people out there are skeptical and rightly so i mean we're cynical because how many times have we heard mass arrests or something's going to go down against the deep state and hasn't happened and how many people that we thought were good and for humanity have turned their backs against us but really it's getting people to not only inform themselves but spread that awareness to their closest friends and family to start preparing their consciousness for what is to come. So this whole Q operation is really just stemmed out beautifully. And then it comes into the question of, well, how do we know it's connected to the inside? How do we know that this Q team or this enigma known as QAnon on the internet is legitimate? Exactly. And that has been answered many, many times throughout different indirect confirmations. And by this, I mean, for instance, one of the very first ones that we had was that Q in one of the posts at the very end posted three plus signs, plus, plus, plus. Then only about two or three hours later on the president's Twitter, he tweeted something. And at the very end of the tweet, he posted a plus, 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 very out of place, very random. But that was one of the very first confirmations that we got showing that, wow, this Q group is actually connected to various public figures in the Trump administration and in the military itself. Another confirmation, for instance, this one happened on Christmas. Q posted a picture from the American Revolution, very iconic photo. And only a couple hours later, the Department of Defense Twitter posted that same photo. These are just a couple examples of many of these confirmations that we've had now, still ongoing to this day, of course, with this Q idea, this Q concept and how conspiratorial it is, how damaging it is to the deep state. It's been heavily attacked. The attacks are still ongoing. They're still getting 
more and more vicious per se, not only in the mainstream media, but we've had a lot of people in the alternative media begin to attack it as well. Definitely making me question some people in the alternative media, whether they're controlled opposition assets or not. Hmm. But these confirmations are still ongoing. And I do still believe that this QAnon group is connected at the highest levels. And all of this, I don't even want to say intel they're linking, because most of it is questions. Most of it is very cryptic. And it's done so for specific reasons. But all of this information that they're putting out there is approved at the highest levels. I believe all in all what we're seeing here is one of the white hat groups, at least. We can't say it is the alliance because there's many cells, there's many factions of white hat groups. But a very well-connected one, if not the main one, is warning us and putting all these clues out for us. And they've been doing so for nine months. Hmm. Well, man, I think that's a great overview. And you say it did resonate with you from the beginning, but those confirmations are also seriously worth taking notice of. And I think some of the content has been really interesting, too. For example, Q made the claim that Hillary Clinton is on some form of house arrest and that the injury boot she's been wearing uh, was just to hide an ankle bracelet. He also asked the question about who was FBI director when the Clinton Foundation was doing what they do in Haiti. And that's Robert Mueller, the same guy they got on Trump now. So I do find stuff like that to be pretty compelling. It's hard to really ignore it if you're being objective. Yeah, it really is. And a lot of people look down on the idea of 4D chess and this huge plan in motion that is multidimensional. But if you look at how the game has to be played if you're going to take down a deep state that has billions, if not trillions of dollars and lots of power. If you're going to take down that deep state, it has to be multidimensional. You have to take in so many different things into account. You have to put out disinformation and make things look like they're really not to confuse people, to get this operation progressing. So yeah, absolutely. There has to be this kind of multidimensional game in play. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. For instance, you noted Mueller. Mueller used to be FBI director during Bush and some very <laughs> bad years for the presidency. Hmm. But then again, you look at Mueller, Mueller's a Marine. And Mueller met with Trump before he was tasked to head this Russia investigation. So Let's 4D chest this. What if Mueller was placed in there purposely just to be an actor? What if Mueller is a white hat? That's kind of what I'm positing here. And it's a possibility, in my opinion, that Mueller was tasked to lead this Russian investigation just to make it go nowhere. <laughs> so it would then make a lot of people in the deep state complacent. It would shut them up in the meantime and also expose the fact that there is no Russian collusion from Trump and his administration. So how perfect would it be to put Mueller in charge of this investigation and fill it with a bunch of bad actors, make it go nowhere, and make them all look like fools? <laughs> it's definitely possible. I mean, these are games within games, and people forget that. And so you can never take anything at face value. Exactly. And a lot of this stuff is about the Clinton Foundation and breaking up the longstanding child trafficking networks deeply embedded in the government. That's one of the major themes. 
And we do hear a lot of claims that arrests are being made, just not televised. And that's interesting. There's the hashtag sealed indictments that Q followers use a lot. And I think in your video, you mentioned there being 35,000 sealed indictments in six months. Yeah. And that's a hell of a thing. I mean, I find that maybe hard to really verify, I guess, but it's exciting to think something is really going on behind the curtain. Also, the CEOs resigning, Nickelodeon and possibly Starbucks being connected. But Nickelodeon, that's a curious one. Yeah. So you brought up a couple great topics there for us to delve into. Let's talk about the CEOs first. So again, more dots to connect, more things showing us that there's definitely something going on behind the scenes is the fact that we've had so many CEOs, board directors, public officials, prominent figures resigning over the last six months. And this goes up into thousands around the world. So Google CEO Eric Schmidt resigned. You just mentioned a couple of the very recent ones, the Nickelodeon head, the Starbucks CEO, ex-prime ministers, ex-presidents. There's been plenty of them arrested. The ex-president of Brazil, I believe, of one of the Koreas. There's just so many. So many CEOs are resigning and probably trying to run, in my opinion. Let's then talk about the sealed indictments. So this is an even bigger dot to connect, a bigger rabbit hole here. In the beginning of pretty much when Q first started posting, early November, some people then began tracking sealed court records around the country. And you can actually verify this. Many legal professionals have access to what are called PACER records. And the PACER system, it's basically a log of all the sealed court records around the country at any one given time. And you have to be a legal professional with an account to be able to access it and count around the country. But some people do. Some people have been counting. And since November, there have been about 5,000 records added every month to the sealed number around the country. And this is very weird because we have a report from 2009 that shows us the average tally of sealed indictments or sealed court records around the country for a given year is only about 1,000. And they might keep indictments sealed for a certain amount of time, whether it's a high-profile court case or there's various reasons they could keep a court record sealed. But usually it's unsealed pretty quickly and then whatever's going on in the court case wraps up. So the fact that we now have 35,000 in seven months when the average is 1,000 for a year, and mind you, these 35,000 sealed indictments are still sealed. Only a few have been unsealed. And let's just talk about which ones have been unsealed. Sure. Well, we're talking about Keith Rainier and Allison Mack of the Nexium cult. There's a couple of the records that have been unsealed. And you look at how high profile that is. Well, wow, what connections do we have to Nexium and the Clinton Foundation? Many. Also, let's talk about why the New York Attorney General resigned. In recent months, well, Nexium is based in New York. The Clinton Foundation is based in New York. What else is based in New York? Well, we have the New York Police Department and everything that was found on Anthony Weiner's laptop and Weiner's emails, which stems far beyond just sexting a 15-year-old. Again, there's so many things to track, so many connections going on, and that's why it literally takes a team. I'm just one person tracking what I've been tracking in regards to QAnon and putting that out through YouTube. But there are so many other people that are all bringing their own pieces to the table. 
and they're all tracking it from their own experiences and their own perspectives coming across their own information. So it's really beautiful how this all is just so many people are coming together and sharing what they're finding. What Q has really done is stimulate a grassroots investigative movement of citizens looking into all this stuff for themselves, realizing that there is so much information out there that's just not publicized. It's hidden and lots of information can be dug up on these bad actors and lots of connections can be made between it all. <laughs> and if we just shout it all from the rooftops, use social media like Twitter, like YouTube, like Facebook to bring our information public, well, we can really make a difference in doing that. And that's exactly what we've been seeing the past few months. All kind of kicked off. I don't want to say kicked off because it's been going on for years. But once Q came onto the scene, it really stimulated people and it really kicked it into the next level of public awareness. Hmm. Well, I mean, you're making a pretty convincing case, man. And maybe this is a tangent, but a great example of a media blackout over something that does seem like a big deal is a situation in Tucson where this Vets on Patrol group stumbled upon what the media, including InfoWars, is calling a homeless camp. But the citizen investigators are saying, no, this was a child trafficking camp based on what they found there. What are your thoughts on this situation and if it connects to the larger story at all? Yeah, I think it absolutely connects to the larger story in some way. I don't really know too much of what's going on. I've heard some heat being thrown on the veterans on patrol group. Like there's some shady individuals that hoaxed this whole story. Yeah. Okay. Maybe again, I haven't been following it that closely to really know the fine details, but I will say to call it a homeless camp when there was car seats and child toys and tiny tunnels only fit for children, you know, that was very weird to me. How quick the mainstream media Snopes, and not only the mainstream media, but like you mentioned, various actors in the alternative media like InfoWars, how quickly they came out to just debunk it and call it a homeless camp, that really made me scratch my head. And again, I'm not saying the Veterans on Patrol group is totally clean. Maybe they are. I don't know that. But I will talk about some of the connections that we have between where this camp was found. We'll just call it a camp for general purposes. There are some connections between where this camp was found and the elites, and that connection is Semex. This camp was found on the property of a company called Semex, and Semex is a large construction contractor. They deal with mixing concrete. They have a bunch of property, a bunch of large quarries around, and this camp was found on Semex property. And if you do some digging into Semex, you'll find that the owner of Semex, it's a Mexican company. But the owner of the company is also the second largest shareholder of the New York Times, New York Times of all places, which is deep state corporate bullshit propaganda outlet, mm -hmm. top pillar right there. If you just do more dot connecting with that company and human trafficking information, it connects. Semex properties around the country are located in very heavy human trafficking prone areas. Not only that, but Semex donated to the Clinton Foundation thousands of dollars a couple of years ago. And there's also some people with connections between Semex and the Clinton Foundation as well. So also I will note one thing too. If you look at the symbolism around businesses in Tucson, you see a lot of weird, dark occult pedophile code symbolism as well. So 
Tucson's a very shady area, and I think there's much more going on to this story than we're told. I think it was a quick debunking because there are direct connections between what we found in Tucson here, this story, and elite corruption. You know, again, I don't know too much of the surrounding events, but I do think there's much more than we're being told about it. I agree, man. I've seen a lot of that stuff they seem to have found as well. Weird restraints on trees. Yeah. And, you know, it could all be faked. We're only looking at this stuff through a screen. But as you say, when you dig into the connections of the people and players involved, eh, a lot of people pop up that you should be skeptical of. So that, to me, lends some credence. Totally. And to circle back to this idea of mass arrests and indictments, let me also ask you about suicides. Obviously, we've seen many people suicided in conspiracy history people who were revealing too much, people who were working on the wrong technologies, people who work for or get in the way of certain political dynasties, a string of bankers a few years ago, and a huge number of holistic doctors in the past few years. But most recently, high profile wise, we got Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. And sometimes a suicide is a suicide. It's really hard to know what's going on in a person's head. I also think pharmaceuticals can make you do wacky things, but sometimes there's a deeper story to be told, and Q did recently say track suicides. So, do you see any connection between Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, and things happening behind the scenes? Absolutely. And like you mentioned, I'm glad you prefaced it with the talk of suicides or assassinations, we can just call it that, definitely a fact in those elite circles. It is <laughs> it goes all the way back to John F. Kennedy, if not before that with James Forrestal, is that the deep state will absolutely take you out if you're a threat to their agenda. And this goes for every topic, every concept, whether you're, like you mentioned, working with free energy or very advanced technologies they don't want you working on, if they can't pay you off or blackmail you, or if you just keep working on something even though they burned your warehouse down, they'll just take you out. They did this with Stan Meyer. They did this with a few other people as well. Holistic doctors you mentioned, many, many alternative health professionals, natural health professionals have been taken out over the years. And now recently with some more high profile names like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, yeah, in my opinion, there's a lot of information that does make it look like they were taken out. Anthony Bourdain, he had some very interesting tweets about a month before he passed. Tweets looked like he was joking, but they were still fairly revealing, even if he was doing it in a joking manner. He was talking about Hillary Clinton operatives, him being on the receiving end of their wrath, that it's not fun. Looked like he was making a joke about getting marching orders from the deep state. But very weird things, very weird things. He was uh, tweeting before his suicide. And then we also have Kate Spade. Now, Kate Spade is one that I'm much more positive of hers being an actual assassination, of her being taken out, because Kate Spade does have plenty of connections with the Clinton Foundation. She's got a lot of connections between trafficking, actually shipping, I should say, not trafficking. But it's weird when you look into Kate Spade and her foundations and the shipping that she was doing with some stuff that she had made for her organizations into Long Beach and how this meshes up with human trafficking. I mean, Kate Spade 
I think she knew things. I think she knew a lot of things. And I think she was talking. I think she was giving up some information and some details to some authorities. And the deep state found out and they took her out. Hmm. We also saw just a couple days after Kate Spade died. And mind you, she died. The media then reported on her death, saying that she hung herself from her doorknob with a red scarf. Anybody out there that's listening to this, if you ever see a celebrity that commits suicide and that the media says that they hung themselves from their doorknob with a red scarf, that's basically code for that person was talking and the deep state took them out. And that's a message to other people saying, don't talk or we'll take you out too. Hmm. I believe Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell were both assassinated. And in the media, it was said that they hung themselves from a doorknob with a red scarf. Wow. Yeah. And there's some other curious instances of the media saying that this is how people kill themselves. So basically, that's just a message. That's a message that they were offed and for others out there to not talk. So Kate Spade, not only did we have her death reported as being that, which I don't know how the hell you hang yourself from a doorknob with a red scarf, but just a couple of days after that, her husband left his New York apartment a couple of days after she was found killed wearing a mouse mask. It was basically a rat mask. Hmm. And it's a really freaking creepy photo. And this rat mask also has a little red scarf hanging from it. So it's as if Kate Spade was taken out. Her husband was given orders to wear this because that would be the message sent. Don't rat. Don't rat or we'll red scarf you. Oh, man. And it's scary that it comes to these levels. But let's just be real. If they take out a president. John F. Kennedy, they have no problem taking out anybody else that's a threat to exposing them. It's just the reality of the situation here. We're dealing with very dark, literally satanic groups that know no ends to their corruption and their evil deeds. So that's why we have to do all that we can to expose them, truly. And this is, again, bringing it back to the QAnon idea. This is why, behind the scenes, in the military, these guys know. It's very tough, again, because it's so compartmentalized within the military, but so many people in the military are figuring out what's going on and putting the pieces together, and they're wanting to expose the deep state, do something about it. Also, they're some of the only people that can because they have the firepower and they have technology and access to such. So they are working to do what they can to take down this deep state, and it is completely a shadow civil war we're seeing. I mean, how many military aircraft have been crashed over the past few months so many and the deep state does have the ability to hack computer systems on craft and not just craft but cars and pretty much anything take them down so more messages sent how many like you mentioned suicides have we been seeing and ceos resigning and we have these sealed indictments growing so it's just so many things that it's like wow all of this is so strategically being laid out before our very eyes. And at this point in time, it hasn't blown out into the mainstream quite yet. So it's up to us to piece this together, figure out what's going on, and alert our friends and family, warn them as to what's to come. And what is to come? Well, the actual unsealing of all these indictments. And when that shit hits the fan, there's going to be a lot of people out there in shock. But the more we warn them, the more we look crazy right now, the more that they're going to believe us when that shit hits the fan in the future. Touche, man. And it is true that we've been propagandized for generations 
So to kind of walk that back is not a simple process. You don't want to break people's minds. You don't want to pop their bubbles too quickly because otherwise they won't see where you're coming from and they won't truly be with you. They'll just be confused and lost. And as far as other details about those suicides, I also think it's really suspect that Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend gave a speech at Cannes like 30 days ago where she said point blank, I was raped by Harvey Weinstein here at Cannes. There are others amongst you in the crowd who have yet to be named, but the heat is on now. Something like that. And that's kind of a big deal. And then the day that Anthony Bourdain died before it had happened or it was announced, she tweeted a picture of herself from the neck down with a torn shirt that said, fuck everyone. And her tweet said, you know who you are. And it's like, you know, what is that? More signaling? Was she showing this huge chest tattoo that she has underneath? Or was she showing a ripped shirt because she was attacked in some way? I mean, it just all is strange. And even just the fact that a woman makes a speech about calling powerful people out as criminals and predators, and then within two weeks, the love of her life commits suicide, I don't think much more is needed for an investigation to be warranted. Uh, yeah, that's a good point you made that I didn't bring up is Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend and what she was saying. And when you look at their Instagrams as well, if you look at Bourdain and his girlfriend's Instagrams, they're very weird. And there's some looks like just odd symbolic stuff contained within their pictures. Now, I'm not saying that Anthony Bourdain was completely clean with the circles that him and his girlfriend were running in. Very questionable. I wouldn't doubt if they were also involved in some of that occult ritual stuff. But it also goes to note here that a lot of people that run in those circles, the secret societies, the occult circles, even many people within the military industrial complex as well, a lot of people involved in that stuff, even if they are doing bad things, they don't necessarily want to be there. A lot of people are kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or the writing on the wall, one of those. And they want out. They want to start making amends for what they've done. And they're kind of seeing the light of day. And that's also a very reason why we're seeing so many of these suicides is because those that don't want their bad deeds exposed, that want to continue doing the sick stuff, they're trying to protect themselves. So I think that in this day and age, we really need to practice forgiveness for these people. And if we do, we're going to have a lot more people have the courage and want to come forward because then they won't be scared of us wanting to rip their heads off. So say many of these white hats, many of these military alliance people, they have not done very good stuff in the past. Maybe they're an ex-CIA contractor, some ex-DOD people that shit, maybe they were tasked to be on some hit teams and did the suicidings or whatever the case was. But now they're sick of being the bitch for the deep state and they're sick of being compartmentalized out of everything. They're sick of being used and abused, and now they want to come forward. So truly, if we have more forgiveness and compassion for these people and say, hey, I understand that you did some bad things in the past, but you want to make amends now, you want to testify against the cabal, go for it. We can work a deal out. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say that because another guy I've been paying attention to is Dave Chappelle, just because I love comedy. And he definitely has seen the inside of the machine and somehow come out of it. But 
in his recent specials on Netflix, he talks about the Me Too movement and he says, look, guys, you're going to need a lot of imperfect allies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to need a lot of allies who have done some shit and you can't have this black or white attitude or, you know, you're going to lose a lot of people in the gray that you kind of need. And he also says in that special, he just drops a few little lines. He says something to the degree of, uh, you know, I walked away from $50 million. Maybe these rapes aren't the worst thing going on in Hollywood. Or maybe these rapes aren't the only bad thing going on in Hollywood. And it's like, what a thing to say, man. Again, just you got to read between the lines. And another weird thing might not mean anything. But when I first heard about Anthony Bourdain's death, I went and looked at his Twitter because I was like, I just got to kind of parse this out. And of course, his big cover photo is the marketing from his last book. And it's done by the same artist that Hunter S. Thompson is famous for working with. And it's like, there's another name that has popped up in uh, these weird rings. I mean, he's been accused of being the filmer for snuff films for the Hollywood Underground based on uh, some of the stuff that happened with the Franklin scandal and some of those, one of those kids in particular who spoke out. It's like, yeah, what is going on there? Am I looking at something a little gross? I mean, I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, good points that you're making there. Uh, just, um, you know, weird tangents and stuff. But something else I hear you say, I can't recall if you were directly quoting Q, but you mentioned in one of your videos that the Me Too movement is really just a proxy war relating to the fight to expose child trafficking. And that's something, of course, as I mentioned, I've been exploring too. What are your thoughts on the Me Too movement as a whole? Is this another component of the same situation? Yeah, it could very well be. My opinion on the Me Too movement is that I don't view things as black and white. I view things as very gray. And while on the surface level, I mean, of course, sexual abuse, sexual misconduct in any form, whether it's a guy against a girl or a girl against a guy, not good. Not something that we should be okay with. Consent between individuals and openness, honesty, transparency, it's always going to work out for the better. But now let's look at it from the political angle. This whole Me Too movement, you look at who's behind it, who started it, who are the loudest proponents for it. Seems to be all these people that are resigning or involved in sexual misconduct themselves, or they are what sounds like deep state people with a lot to hide. So what I think of this whole Me Too movement is, at the deepest level, it's a distraction that was made to put the heat on many of these white hat people, especially Donald Trump. You just mentioned earlier, you know, (laughs) we might not like him. He might not be the perfect individual. He might have made some lady grabbing comments in the past and whatnot. But it goes to note right here that he's not a child sacrificer. He's not that bad. Maybe he's done a little womanizing or whatnot. But he's not involved in the dark occult circles. I think this whole Me Too movement was made just as a political agenda movement. It's funny when I hear Hillary Clinton trying to talk about the Me Too movement or anybody like that. And then like, Hillary Clinton, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, Miss, rode to Jeff Epstein's island six times, married to Bill Clinton, who went there 26 times. And you're still married to Bill Clinton. And the hypocrisy is stunning with many of these people in this Me Too movement. 
then we can get to talking about feminism as well. Feminism is just a whole shit show in and of itself. Hmm. Yeah. I just see a lot of political agenda behind it. Well, sure. I mean, let's elaborate, I guess, on feminism. Right. So feminism, again, backing up here, let's generalize. I'm all for women empowerment. I'm all for male empowerment. I just want humans to be empowered in and of themselves. But when it comes to feminism, it's funny. When you look at the origins of feminism, it comes from Gloria Steinem. A lot of it does mm-hmm. a few decades ago. And Gloria Steinem worked for the CIA. She was an asset for them at one point in time. And many of the ideas that she's bringing forth is completely disempowering. What do they want feminists to do these days? or women in general, what does the establishment want women to do? They want women to be equal to men. And by that, they mean they want women to don their pantsuits, go out into the workforce, make as much money as man, be away from the home, do everything the man is doing. But men and women are different beings, and they're different for a purpose. Men and women are not supposed to be equal. It's not the point. There's so many things that a man is made more capable for than a woman. Men are stronger. Men are more physically resilient. So make men do the hard labor jobs that they're designed for. The masculine energy is one of polar opposite to the feminine energy. What's the feminine energy? It's the energy of creation. It's the energy of building up, of creating more human beings itself. So the fact that they want women to leave the household what, leave their kids behind and put their kids in a state daycare? That sounds great. Hmm. And then they're trying to do the opposite with men. With men, they're trying to demasculinize them. There's so many toxic chemicals in our environment that completely screws testosterone production up. And there's all this programming done in the media that completely just screws with guys in their heads. It's like there's this complete swapping of the feminine and the masculine that the elite are trying to do just to completely make weak humans that can be controlled easier. Mm. (laughs) I mean, if you're physically weak, you're going to be mentally weak. And if you have males that are both physically and mentally weak, they're going to be much easier to dominate and control. If you have females that are out there leaving their kid in daycare because they want to go out in the workforce and be like men or do whatever the man's doing, not even needing to say men need to be in the workforce. I mean, men can definitely stay at home with their little ones too, but Basically, it's the breaking up of the family unit that we're seeing. And it's exactly what the elite want. They don't want strong families, strong connections. They want disconnected human beings that are weak and easy to control and maintain. Right. And kids raised by the state. Kids raised by the state, informed by the state. Because when you're informed by the state, you're learning everything they want you to learn. (laughs) And 99% of that is bullshit. Indeed. And that can be a deep and thorny rabbit hole for sure. But I definitely think you are hitting on a lot of important points people should consider. Now, let me ask you, why does Q always speak in such vague code? I mean, this is one of the things that I think a lot of people wonder. Uh Why not just tell us point blank what you have to get out there if it's so important and you're already taking the risk? You did touch on this a little bit. But is there more to say for the people who are hung up on this aspect? Because it's something that I hear a lot from the feedback of my audience? Totally. Great question. So when it comes to Q's posts and the reasoning behind Q's posts, there's many different reasons. It's multi-layered, similarly to the way the deep state operates. When the deep state pulls a false flag or some kind of psychological operation, there's many reasons. There's many layers behind it. In regards to Q, the reason that it's so cryptic, 
is for one, if there's information that is classified, it wouldn't be smart for them to come up and say it. Also for legal purposes as well. So a lot of this information that's coming up, I'm not saying information that's divulged in Q posts, but information that a lot of the researchers are finding, if this were to just be said by Q, it wouldn't be admissible in a legal court system. It has to come from a grassroots investigative effort. So Q is basically acting like a laser pointer saying, hey, look over here. We're going to guide you. We're going to be the way shower, but it's up to you guys to figure it out for yourself. Because then that way, if enough people start taking to social media and making their hashtags or making their memes or their posts to raise public awareness, well then, huh, maybe an investigation can happen at an official level into something that thousands of people are calling for. But you think if this weird anonymous enigma on the internet just post, hey, this is this information, it's going to be very easy to throw out of a legal case. So not only that, but let's take it to a deeper level. Let's just talk about the spiritual component of this. If Q were to just give us the answer, that would mean Q's our savior. We don't want another savior. We want to be able to think for ourselves not only individually, but as a society, we want to be able to be sovereign, free human beings that is mature enough to handle ourselves. So to do that, that means, well, we're going to have to connect our own dots and think for our own selves. Well, then, you know, it wouldn't be very conducive to getting people aware and conscious if Q just came out and gave us all the answers. It's not what we're looking for. A lot of people are waiting for their savior to come down and save the day, whether their savior is Jesus or whether their savior is an alien species or whether their savior is Donald Trump. That's not the way it happens. That's not the way growth occurs. That's not the way you become a free and sovereign human being is by being saved. No, you have to save yourself. So that's another beauty behind these Q posts is they're so cryptic because this white hat group, they want you to save yourself. They don't want to be their saviors for you and be another idol. Hmm. I mean, that's a really interesting take because at first glance, this whole QAnon Trump perspective, that's what turns me off from it is I'm not looking for another savior. And at face value, it kind of looks like that's where people are putting their trust in Trump. And it's funny that you just point out at a deeper level. No, not really. It's not that way. Exactly. And I can understand where you're coming from in saying that on a surface level, it does kind of feel like QAnon is a savior coming to save us all. But I don't think it's Q being as much of a savior as humans just with our programming that we've been programmed with, for lack of a better way to say it. The programming that we've endured for thousands of years have made us into worshiping peoples. We love to worship. We love to give away our power because it takes a lot of responsibility and a lot of maturity to figure out your own power and to use it. So we love to worship. We love to give it away to idols. And I think a lot of people who are following Q just don't realize that yet on a deeper level. Not saying they're ill-intentioned or anything. They just don't realize that yet, that they're seeing Q as a savior. So I think it's a lot of these things that we believe about Q really come from how we see the people that follow Q, not Q itself. Yeah, that's a fair point. A lot of people out there who are pretty anti-Q 
I see a lot of people following Q who are still kind of acting like assholes <laughs> and they're berating those that are against them and anti-Q and it's pretty bad, but that's not Q. That's the Q followers still having some shadows within them that they still need to work on. And okay, great. Maybe they're seeing Q and understanding a little bit of what's going on, but they just don't have the maturity to not berate people or not to worship something or you see what I'm saying? So I think it's just a lot of the people that follow Q still have some catching up to do, as we all do. We all have our own shadows that we have to work on. <laughs> Amen, man. That's a great point. If I was held responsible for the actions of all my followers, I'd be pretty fucked. So <laughs> right. um, yeah, it's, it really isn't fair. And uh, so another interesting claim I've heard suggested, it's a little far out. Maybe you've considered this too. But is it possible that Q is AI and that it's matching its own coded messages and other digital media to get people worked up? I've heard that many times. And that was something that was said often in the beginning of Q as well, is that it's an AI program or something to that effect. And again, it's one of those things that just doesn't resonate, just doesn't make sense. Because with some of these confirmations, we've actually had some of the Anons, Anons are what the people following the cue boards on 8chan and 4chan are colloquially called. So some of these Anons actually ask for things. So say this confirmation, you know, mention popcorn or something to that effect. And then Devin Nunes posts something having to do with popcorn on his Twitter. So it's as if we have human interaction. I just don't feel that we have AI. And also some of the coders on 8chan have said that it's basically impossible for them to have an AI doing what Q is doing because Q is logging in from an IP address and then changing their trip codes every so often. I'm not too familiar with all the tech speak behind what's going on on 4chan and 8chan, but it's really not possible for Q to be some sort of AI. And then also taking into account what we've all been mentioning is the sealed indictments, the CEOs resigning, what's going on with the IG report and the investigations that the inspector general's office is undergoing right now. It's like all these things, bring it in together. I just don't feel that Q is AI. Fair enough. There's definitely real world rumblings going on that match what's happening on the screen. So yeah, I think that you make a great counter argument to that. And I also got to ask you about Putin and I hesitate because that's all anyone fucking talks about. But what is your take on the story between the lines when it comes to these two? I know that you had a real viral video about their relationship. You say that they are trolling the world. What do you mean by that? Yeah, that viral video. For those out there who aren't familiar with my work, this video I posted about a year ago. So this was well before Q. This is about six months before Q came out. And it was one of the first videos I did with that whiteboard. And it was called Trump and Putin are trolling the world. And I basically just laid out why I thought Trump and Putin. And this occurred during the first Syria debacle when the 40 some missiles were sent into Syria a little over a year ago. I looked at that and I was like, you know, everybody was thinking Trump was a warmonger and World War Three was about to start and all this stuff. I'm like, I just don't feel that way. And I was looking at the details and feeling how they all piece together. And I'm like, I think that. Trump and Putin are working together behind the scenes to take down this deep state. And I still feel that way. And the reason I say that is because when 
actually hearing Putin, when listening to the words that are coming out of his mouth, not the second, third hand hearsay through the grapevine stuff, looking at our mainstream media and whatever false narrative they're throwing out there, but when actually listening to what he says in his speeches, he said some pretty damning things, outing the deep state. I believe even in some of his speeches, he mentioned that Satanism is taking a root in elite circles in America. I'm not positive on that one, so don't completely quote me, but he has definitely laid it on the line and surprised me. So I just felt that from Putin. I'm like, I don't think Putin is really a Hitler-esque dictator that our media is making him out to be. And if Trump, or if Putin, I mean, is working to take down the deep state, well, why would he not be friends with Trump, which it very much looks like Trump is trying to do as well. And then you kind of look at their relationship. And I think what Putin has said about Trump, it's like totally makes sense that maybe on a superficial level, they act like enemies or they act like they're not too fond of each other, just so the deep state doesn't have a shit show with their media and, and attack them. But I think on a much deeper level, they are working together. Right on. And so if we consider the uh, New World Order cabal to be like the Royal Saudis, the Soros Network, the Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there other world leaders in the uh, White Hat Alliance besides Putin and Trump? Could very well be Putin, Trump, maybe Assad as well. Assad is definitely laid it on the line, talking about the false flags in Syria very recently, talking about the white helmets being bullshit propaganda. Huh. I do think we have some others. I mean, we have our typical Western nations that look very cabal. So the UK, Germany, Macron and France, all of these countries, they look very deep state. But then again, we can't generalize and say that this country is good or bad because this leader is good or bad. Of course, delving into the, if you're familiar with UFO history, many, many leaders of countries aren't let in on any of the deep state stuff. And within countries, there's so many factions in the countries as well. But it's a fight for good and evil right now. It's not a left or right thing. It's not a liberal conservative thing. I have a lot of conservatives that follow my channel because I do support Donald Trump, but I don't label myself anything. I don't label myself religiously, politically, just because it boxes you in if you do. And you're already kind of shutting down higher perspective thought if you are labeling yourself. But I just say right now it's a fight for good and evil. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. There's a lot of bad Republicans. There's a lot of bad Democrats. But there's a lot of good ones too. Good Democrats, good Republicans out there. I think if we just went past the labels and started looking at it as, well, are you servicing good? Are you servicing others with your thoughts and words and actions, or are you just servicing your own selfish endeavors through your thoughts, words, and actions? I think if we looked at it like that, it'd be much easier. Mm, cheers to that. That's important. You know, every label I've ever worn in the past, I eventually outgrew. So eventually I just learned to stop using them and we should all be so wise. I guess before I let you go, the big question, man, who is Q? I don't think Q is any one person. I think that people are getting lost and kind of pinning it on one particular individual. I think Q has already shown themselves to be a group, a group of people with connections to the Trump administration, to the DOD, 
connections within even all three letter agencies, more or less. I think it's one team of people working behind the scenes to take down the deep state. And I think they've proved themselves time and again that they are connected and that they are working for the betterment of humanity. Mm. Fair. Very nuanced way to look at that. And time will tell. But damn, Jordan, I think overall, it's a really compelling narrative. My show tends to lag pretty far behind current events just because I interview a lot of authors about their books and all that stuff takes time to roll out. But it was really nice to be able to talk a lot about the big stories lately. You've covered them all well. You've made a great case that we should at least be paying attention to Q posts and looking through the mainstream media narratives and seeing if there isn't something deeper in there. There usually is. And before I cut you loose, Remind people about the work you do, where to find it, and what you got going on. Well, the work I do, we covered a lot of it here in this show today. I try to cover pretty much anything self-knowledge-based or world-knowledge-based, even cosmic knowledge, that we're just not taught in our schooling systems. So I talk a lot about health. I talk a lot about cosmology, physics, science. You know, real science, not the BS we're taught in the establishment school systems. But I also talk about politics and expose every piece that I feel like we're misled on. And I do that through social media, primarily YouTube. YouTube deleted my first channel, my main channel that I had. They actually terminated it twice. And this last time, it hasn't been reinstated since. So I lost 150,000 subscribers on that channel, but you can find me on Destroying the Illusion 2.0 on YouTube, still uploading videos there. You can also find me on BitChute and DTube as well for video uploads, but I also use Twitter. I'm also on Facebook and then my website as well, DestroyingTheIllusion.com. And if you sign up for the newsletter there, just punch in your email and hit subscribe. That's a place that I cannot be censored. So they can take away my YouTube account, Twitter account, and shadow ban me on Facebook. But good old email is a way that I can get information straight to you. So that's what I do, and that's where I do it. And thank you for having me on your higher side chats today, my friend. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it. You do great work. And we didn't even get to the health stuff, and maybe next time. But thanks again, and take care out there. All right. Take care. Holy mind-controlled Al Roker, people. Jordan Sather, Jay Saith, dropping knowledge. I can say right off the bat that this is a show where I'll get messages and comments and say, hey, I had to turn this off halfway through. I guess you're turning into an alt-right mouthpiece, etc., etc. And one show does not indicate a pattern and it's just funny because the culture's in a weird place right now and people tend to gravitate towards a show that reinforces their view. And this show exists to kind of get different views. And so this one is a bit different. And I think we got one of the best representations of that perspective that's out there right now. So big thanks to Jordan and kudos to him for doing his thing well. As a show producer, I guess my quality and speaking voice is a factor too, and the dude is articulate for being, what, probably younger than me? So overall, <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the fence with this perspective. This is coming from the guy who said Earthshape agnostic. You think I'm making up my mind about something like this? 
I just wanted to dig in, know what it's all about, and if something radical does happen that the media can't even spin, you won't be confused. But I'm a wait-and-see guy. I don't really support anything but inquiry. So whatever you think, now when someone brings up QAnon or makes a reference, you know what they're talking about. And you know where they're coming from, rather than just having a vague, fuzzy understanding and recognizing the term. I think over the course of two hours, we did a really good overview and got the cliff notes to the perspective as deep as it is. In the Plus show and the second hour, we talked about Kim Jong-un and the North Korea situation, which is radically different than it's been presented to us before. I mean, who knows, again, what's true, but it is mind-blowing to consider the new context. I hadn't. But we also talk about Elon Musk and corporate sabotage, William Tompkins and Corey Good, Jordan's own experiences with orbs and UFOs, Trump and ETs, the Nixon disclosure time capsule hidden in the White House, and the IG report. So I tried to get through all the major bullet points. It's good to be educated on a perspective regardless of what you conclude about it. And, uh, you know, maybe some of you know this. I don't really care because it's just bullshit alternative media Twitter drama. But several people, like actual public figures, have called me out lately for pimping Pizzagate, but being silent on the kids in cages immigration thing. And it's just dumb because not talking about something is not somehow an endorsement. You could never keep up if that were the case. Consider the wide range of media hosts and ask if I've ever had anything to say about illegal immigration or made that some kind of issue. I really don't care about it too much, and I live pretty close to the border. I've gone on street food tours in TJ, and the nuances of immigration policy are not something that I weigh in on or the effects of illegal immigration because I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I think in a city like San Diego... We have found a way to fold it in where most people who are actually involved seem fine with it. It's everyone else who has an opinion. But to suggest I've ever mouthed off with some right-wing rant against immigrants is just not right. But this is just to say that today we did get an opinion on it from our guests in an episode that recorded the day before Trump signed that concession, by the way. But the point would be that a perspective was offered that these aren't parents and their kids being ripped apart the way the media is portraying it. Is that a reasonable opinion? Well, you're talking to someone who thinks there is a high probability that Sandy Hook was faked. And the moon landing, if you really want to go back. But big things, as well as small. I've seen plenty of examples of mainstream media making a small gathering look like a huge protest. Or just look into the Amber Lyons story. She caught CNN accepting money from foreign countries for favorable coverage, essentially an infomercial. So I think it's absolutely reasonable to wonder if the media is actually reporting on this conveniently highly charged issue fairly, isn't it? It has nothing to do with compassion for kids. It's about can this narrative and the vehicles that deliver it be trusted? Either way wouldn't surprise me much. But you also have to consider Jordan is an advocate of the Q perspective, an advocate for President Trump. So when he's confronted with a story like this, he may be inclined to gravitate towards a position that is consistent with his worldview. I think about that too. You know, I got to consider that. 
I'm only saying don't jump to conclusions either way. And I also think that when I covered Pizzagate, it was very much the same way and saying, look, you've heard this term Pizzagate buzzing around or QAnon, and it's a deep, dense rabbit hole to get into. So let's take a show to summarize it for you. The case that's being made, what it's based on, why people are thinking this way, etc. It's an exploration of an alternative perspective where you make up your own mind. But if I've been silent on the Kids in Cages saga, it's only because I don't aim to consistently counterpoint all these little mainstream stories of the week things, and the last few shows just have not been related to that at all. But for the record, yeah, I don't like Kids in Cages. I equally don't like using kids as vaccine guinea pigs. I also don't endorse cutting off the tips of baby dicks. I also don't like kids used by the media to manipulate people's emotion, and I don't like kids killed overseas by drones or traded around Hollywood parties. I think I have done my fair share of defending kids, regardless of where they come from. Or at least I've harbored plenty of personal outrage. But horrors happen every day. Don't just feed from the media saddlebag of outrage because kids have been getting fucked over by the big machine way before Trump, and they still are. Even if you take this story at face value, I just listed several other areas where I'd expect a person to be equally outraged, but it only seems to crop up when it's politically convenient for them and the media is covering it. And immigration's a complicated thing, and I'm not a full-on natural law guy, but when it comes to this situation, if it was to be taken as presented, I would never argue the state should be coming in and pulling apart families over paperwork and imaginary lines. That should be pretty obvious. But another difference between THC covering the details of Pizzagate and not covering the Kids in Cages saga is that the mainstream media wouldn't talk about Pizzagate and the Kids in Cages stuff this week is all they want to talk about. So why do they need me? I hope that's an obvious difference, and I hope the listeners who feel that I've been a bit one-sided on cue now feel like we've given it a fair shake. I thought it was convincing, way more convincing than I would have thought initially. And I also think you can trust me to give things a fair chance if you have patience, because I book these interviews usually a month or so in advance, and it takes a minute to catch up to what's going on. Regardless, I thought this was a great, interesting, topical THC. Call me morbid, but I really like looking into alternative theories for deaths and suicides of celebrities. And I know that some people will say it's disrespectful to the dead. I disagree. If I die and you don't look into alternative theories, then I'm disrespected. So let's say it right now. I want all the theories about my death to be circulated. And, you know, my wife and family, they're going to understand. They know. <laughs> but I'm not trying to be, you know, cold-hearted about all these topics. It's just that I'm cynical. I've been through the ringer, and bad stuff is constantly happening. You can't let it all affect you. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't do something to help other people also. We absolutely should. So I thought it was great. We haven't had a very topical month, and I consciously tried to stay non-political for the most part because I just have political fatigue. It is so draining. So we've been getting weird, and this also was weird in big ways too. I mean, it's a pretty epic proposal when you really think about it overall. So I hope it was food for thought, 
And however you end up feeling, I hope that even if you disagree, you can respect where Jordan is coming from and respect how well he can back up why he thinks the way he does. And we can all be friends in the end under the cotton candy rainbow or something like that. One more show coming out to close out June, a big name from the world of weird. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And that's it for me. Your move, deep state derailers, pedophile wranglers, and cage rattlers of the conservative coup. Your fucking move. You know the plan has always been to hack your brain. MK Ultra's trying to drive you insane. They'll explode your heart if they think that's what it takes. You think I'm answering the phone? Well, I ain't. You gotta keep the curtains drawn Cause you don't want anyone thinking you're at home Well, you're not You should tape the mail slot And baby, if I seem withdrawn Let me say it's cause I just don't wanna go and get whacked Maybe you should know that The trauma affects you like it does everyone It's just the game plan, it's what the world's become Suck out everything from you in the end And if for some reason you think I might be wrong I wonder where you got that opinion from You gotta keep the curtains drawn Cause you don't want anyone thinking you're at home Well you're not, you should tape the mail slot And baby if I seem withdrawn Let me say it's cause I just don't wanna go and get whacked Maybe you should know that The trauma affects you like it does everyone It's just the game plan, it's what the world's become They want a pat down and a swap Don't you see what's going on? Well now you know You're better keeping on your own Cause you can see the map does lie too much Oh baby, you can only trust yourself And if you think the system's out of touch It is and you can only trust yourself
Out of touch, it is, and you can only trust yourself. 